Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Good morning, family. It is a real privilege to be here. I wore my shoes especially. I'll just get this out of the way. I know you're used to seeing basketball boots on this platform, and um, so in honour of um, um, pastor's basketball heritage, I pulled out the Nikes, dusted them off, polished them especially, and decided to wear them. And yes, they are Indigenous colours as well. So there we are. We we are very um, uh, happy to be sharing and to be using a platform where we are part of the one family and we're in the series talking about one another and NADOC Sunday has fallen into that series. So we thought, oh, what should we do? Should we break the series to be able to highlight on Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander um, um, uh, mission and, and ministry? Should we do that? Or should we keep it as part of the series and be one family together? And so we agonised, we argued. I think Jason Berry argued a bit more than he needed to. (laughs) Sorry, Jason, I just had to bring you in as well. Now, we had a great time actually stretching that idea and we believed that it was more important for us to be together as family and to talk about Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander ministry that we are doing together through We Are Going in the Gateway family. And so right now on NADOC Sunday, we've got the McKenzie mob, the Logan mob, and the Ormo mob, all focused on this same central message around how we are part of the one another family. We are part of the family of Gateway Together. So yes, you will need the booklet. And I really cleverly left my mangled booklet back at home because I was like, oh no, I felt really bad about it, but then a nice really clean one was here when I came in, so I felt good about that. Before we begin proper though, I just, so so this is part of the series and today's one is about forgive one another. Um, Last Sunday about uh, care for one another, the Sunday before that love one another and next Sunday is going to be about encourage one another. But before we begin the proper part of it, and I've chewed up 50 minutes already, but before we begin the proper part, I want to talk about earworms. Earworms. Now, you may have heard this before, that earworms are those little tunes or jingles that get inside your ear, and they stay there, and they rattle around inside your head, and you don't know why you're going, why am I singing the song of that fast food outlet? I don't like them. But strangely enough, I keep going towards them because it's rattling around in my head. Or I don't need to buy this TV, but something in my mind was saying, Harvey Norman is telling me to go this way. (laughs) Sorry, I just plugged a company there that I'm not sponsored by Harvey Norman. Anyway. But we, we know that these work in marketing terms, they work. And so I was reading about how do we get them out of our head? And so there's, there's two ways you can get them out of your head. One is that you can actually pass it on to someone else. This doesn't sound very nice, does it? 
but you can go to someone and say, hey, isn't this an annoying tune? And they go, oh no, now I've caught it. <laughs> Thank you. It's like the game Billionaire when you pass the tax man across. <laughs> you can pass it on, not very nice. Or you can do the harder work, which is just get another one and put it in there. A better one. Perhaps an even more holy one. One that you can sing in church. <laughs> one that can remind you of the relationship between you and your brothers and sisters and you and God. And so in here, I suggest, is an earworm. Does it, people remember that old chorus? I'm starting the earworm. <laughs> now you get to this part. By this shall love you know that you are my disciples. Who, who knows this one? Yep. The younger generation going, what the? <laughs> there was a chorus? <laughs> yep. So we used to do these three chords with just one guitar, no sound equipment, and we would sing these choruses, and this would end up being an earworm. And if I want to leave you with something today, it's that earworm, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. So as we push through this morning, and as you push through to next week, as you lead your lives around there, I want you to come up to something where you go, oh, this is testing me a bit. I you are my disciples if I love one another. Okay, that earworm, it's got in. The earworm, if we love one another, that's how they will know that we are Christ's disciples. Earworm planted. So hopefully you have your booklets with you. The, the NADOC Sunday, the reason why we focus on NADOC Sunday is it is a huge celebration in the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander community. It's called Black Christmas. It's called all kinds of things. It is, the, it is the huge celebration for our community. It is the time when we feel like we can strut around and say, isn't it great to be an Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander person? And then we see other people and we go, yeah. It's like when you're in a festival feel, that's this week for us. And which is important because so many times for Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people, we don't feel that sense of joy, hope, and inspired way to walk around the streets. But on NADOC week, we feel it. But NADOC started because, one, on the political side, we wanted a platform to say we are here. But the churches came together and said, let's pray together. And so the churches brought themselves together and said on, there will be a Sunday, the first Sunday in July, and we will pray for justice for our Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people and we will pray that we may be one. And then somewhere somebody had an idea, why not have a week instead of a day? It's a little bit like some of you celebrate your birthdays, elongated, you know? <laughs> we start on here and we just keep going, it's my birthday month. So for NADOC, what they did is they said, we're going to start on a Sunday and we're going to end on a Sunday and it will feel like a festival because it's this part of the year that we can celebrate. So many of us, many Australians, we go, okay, I'm not familiar with this story. 
I'm not familiar with the relationship with the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people. I'm not sure that I've met any. I often hear stereotypes and many of them aren't very positive. The stereotypes are here. And so I don't know how to sit in relationship to that. And that's why here at Gateway we are spending time on it because we are family. And for us to be one in Christ together, for us to be in God's family, means that those questions we got, we can actually come to our brothers and sisters and say, here's a question I've got. Or let's, let's act and be like we're in family together. And as part of that building community, let's learn how to forgive, love, care for, and encourage one another. And I need to um, care for my eyes right at this point here. So my, I usually go to the Mackenzie campus, and if I look a little bit familiar, my brother is here, and he usually will be at the bass guitar there. Yeah, we have to text each other when we're in the same place to make sure we're not wearing the same outfit. <laughs> so it's a little bit of twinning that they've, they've gone and they've said, I oh, will put the Redlands guy in Mackenzie, see if they work it out. And we'll put the Mackenzie guy in Redlands and see if they work it out. So, uh, yeah, Grant and his family are normally here, uh, um, my family normally at Mackenzie on any given Sunday. But this is the series around um, one another. And it is about us being able to honour and celebrate what it means to be with one another in Christ. How do we have a sense that we belong together How do we take ownership of that? How do we walk in the truth of that? How do we act on that? And what can we do about carrying that with us as we go? So one of the the cornerstone um, images that we use uh, at Weagol to show our place, to demonstrate, to display our, our place in the broader Gateway family is we use this painting which depicts the, the, the foundational sense of community that Paul wrote to the many churches and said, you ought to be one in Christ. And so what this painting shows here is a community that is facing away from each other. And if you're sitting there going, that looks like a lot of horseshoes, then you are right. It does look like horseshoes. With, this painting has come to us from the Walpuri uh, communities in the northern Tanami Desert where the depiction of a human being is actually the imprint they leave in the sand. When you sit cross-legged in the sand, it's been a while, I admit, since I sat cross-legged in the sand, but when you do that, the imprint you leave is that of a horseshoe. So this horseshoe image depicts people. And this larger one here is God. And this is the community in God, in God's family, all one in Christ. And here is the community facing away from each other, not together with each other, going in all kinds of directions and not in positive, meaningful relationship. And it's based on the scripture that we will be looking at today, but also in other letters that Paul had written, where he said, where Paul had wrote to the churches and said, look, I don't want you to rely on on whether you all look the same, act the same, sound the same. You are all one in Christ and in Christ. There is no slave 
or free, Greek or Jew, male and female. Doesn't mean we all become some kind of nothing person. It means that we carry all of that stuff and become one in Christ together in relationship. Whereas previously, those kinds of separations kept us away from each other, facing away. I'm not with those people. They're not my people. I don't hang around with them. But in Christ, we find ourselves in family with each other. And so these tracks is part of God calling us into that relationship, calling us through the act of forgiveness that you are forgiven for who and what and how and the sin that you have in your life. You are forgiven of that because of what Christ has done and I'm calling you into a family where you'll be together. You will still keep some of those things that people look on the outside and go, oh yeah, you're one of those people, aren't you? Yeah, but I'm also in here and I've got brothers and sisters in the Gateway Baptist Church And when you see us walking down the street, you think, they're not related. (laughs) They don't look the same. They don't dress the same. They don't act the same. Unlike me and my brother. (laughs) You know, know, oh yeah, 20s. But here, we can actually be all the difference that we are and be in relationship with each other. But how do you maintain that? How do you build community in that? And there's a truth in here which can be a bit challenging for us. And that is that keeping community can be hard. It takes effort and commitment to build a church community together and to serve God in community around you. Your your pastor, I think uh, two Sundays ago, uh, got you to, um, to look at each other about the thing about love one another. And he said, look, one of the tough truths is that we may not like everyone in here. Uh, Do you remember that moment? It's it's, it's always great. You you have to love the moment when your pastor says says something and then you think, is he talking about me? (laughs) And then you think, don't, don't, don't look at him and don't look at anyone else because maybe it is about me. So so I'm not going to do a lot of that today. So you're going to try and get used to, what about this guy here? He's So what I'm going to try to do, I'm going to try to walk through uh, the passage that we're going to see um, soon on the screen. And I want to walk through and have a couple of points and I will try and present it in a way that's a challenge, but also in a way that's a comfort. So I'll deliberately put it as a challenge so you'll go, oh, if we have to follow through on that one, that's tough. But then there's a comfort to that side as well. That sounds good. Now, as human beings, we like to feel comfortable, so we're probably going to lean towards that comfy side, you know? But the challenge side is there for us. The Walpri have a great turn of phrase, and I try to use it whenever I I, I preach. The Walpri have a tremendous turn of phrase when they say, Christian for nothing. And I find that really challenging because how do I be a Christian in this modern day, living in Cleveland, going about work in the, you know, in the, largely the metropolitan side of Australia, how do I show that I'm not a Christian for nothing? And it's a real challenge. So it's going to be that kind of challenge. So let's get on before somebody says, okay, Mark, it's time for you to step down. 
So the reading that we have, the reading that we have is Colossians chapter 3, verses 10 to 14. And I'm just going to um, read that for you from the contemporary English version. And so um, I think that's the one that's on screen as well. And the contemporary English version says, Colossians 3, 10 to 14, each of you is now a new person. You are becoming more and more like your creator and you will understand him better. It doesn't matter if you are Greek or Jew or if you are circumcised or not. You may even be a barbarian or Scythian. Looking to my dad. Yes, I'm going to go with that one. Scythian. And you may be a slave or a free person, yet Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. God loves you and has chosen you as his special people, so be gentle, kind, humble, meek, and patient. Put up with each other and forgive, one, forgive anyone who does you wrong, just as Christ has forgiven you. Love is more important than anything else. It is what ties everything completely together. So we can read that and find tremendous comfort. We can look at it and go, that feels nice that love brings us all together. But the challenge that, that your pastor put to you, Jason put to you two weeks ago, is that there's a tough side to love as well. We have to love those who maybe it's not that easy to love. So what we're going to look at through this passage is three elements. One is around the, um, owning the truth of it. The second one is about the actual elements of forgiveness. And finally, we're going to end on talking about unity. But on the matter of truth, there's a challenge and then there's a comfort. So I'm going to start with the challenge side and I'll take about an hour to get through this one. <laughs> Won't be. On the challenge side, we need to first internalise the truth and it needs to be personal to us so that we can act it out. It is no good if you see it and go, oh yeah, it says somewhere in the Bible that I need to probably be forgiving people. It's about internalising that and saying part of me being Christian for something and not Christian for nothing is that I forgive as the Lord has forgiven me. Now you and I know that there's part of us that, but they don't deserve my forgiveness. What they've done, what they said, who they are, where they're from, etc. We put a big list that says, I cannot do that. And yet, the Lord had forgiven us. The Lord had forgiven us, and how should we forgive others? So to internalise it means that it has to be something that's truthful to us, that you and I need to take the scripture and actually make it internal, congruent, steadfast in our sense of identity, belonging to this community, that it is a community where we forgive one another. So that means that we've got to do some uncomfortable things that we have to own, that these are my people. All of them, including the ones that I think, oh, 
maybe not. I'd prefer if they weren't. <laughs> or, oh no, they live on the Cleveland side. Something like that. What's this creek that's around here? Eprapah. Oh, they're on that side of the creek. Hmm. So, yeah. oh, did I strike a chord there? Did, is that something that's here? It's like, oh yeah, we don't like those, those other creek kind of people. But taking this seriously and internalizing this means that these are my people. We are all loved and chosen, all of us. God has called all of us. And it's not up to us to be going, oh, look, I know God called me, but I'm not sure about you. For us to actually be true to this and internalize it, it means that God has called all, called all of us. And loving and forgiving one another is part of the deal. So you know when you want to read parts of the scripture that make a lot of sense to you, or you, you look at news and you actually choose the topics that you want because it makes sense to you, or you try to select, and there's all kinds of algorithms now with the internet activity that goes, oh, Mark's actually interested in these things. But what if I want to look and understand and explore? No, I understand, you've got to go here. And so what this means is that we've got a sensitivity for saying, I actually need to reduce the number of things. I need to reduce the number of people I need to love and forgive. I'd like to just love and forgive those who are easiest to do. Okay, so you look like me, sound like me. You're a good friend of mine. You went to the same school as me. You're on this side of the creek, so you're okay. I want to love and forgive you. Great. I don't want to love and forgive those that's hard. That means cost. That means I've let them off. We know this is a human feeling. It's a friction in us. But in God's community, loving one another, forgiving one another is part of the deal. Otherwise, as the Walpri would say, we Christian for nothing. So living this out means that it's going to be tough for us. In verse 13, on forgiveness, it says, The Lord, forgive as the Lord forgave you. This is owning the fact that we didn't deserve the Lord's forgiveness of us. And that's the way that we need to forgive one another. So you try and understand from an Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander point of view how this becomes a really hard proposition. So my mum from the Queensland government system was not allowed freedom of movement. Hmm. Restricted to fourth grade education because the Queensland government said that's all she's allowed. You can imagine what that builds up inside a person to see, I'm not ready to forgive. I'm gonna hold some resentment. And each of us have probably got stories that we can tally, things that we can write up that say, I have got a lot of reasons why forgiveness is not an option. I've got a lot of reasons why I'm gonna hold this back. I will not forgive as the Lord had forgiven me. 
I'm going to forgive that in a way that I think is suitable. It's a very human reaction. But in God's family, we're not called just to rely on our human capability. Here, the Spirit of God enables us to spend 60 years in ministry amongst the church in Australia. I think Dad preached his first sermon 60 years ago. So you can see why I'm a little bit like, you know, I'm being judged here. <laughs> 60 years of wisdom. Is, um, yeah, I didn't like your second point. But this, this hard friction part of the forgiveness calling, the hard part that says internalise the truth, the comfort that sits alongside that, the comfort that comes that we, you and I are called to forgive means that everyone around us, to the left of us, to the right, in front, behind, is a forgiveness engine. We all have power to forgive one another. We have all got a hand reaching out to the person around us to say, be forgiven. I forgive you as the Lord had forgiven me. The, the sense of wellness that gives you psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, to know that even though you may not know my name, even though you may not know my story, even though you may not know what's going on in my world, you are a forgiveness engine because you are my brother, sister, uncle, auntie in Christ. And so that's the comfort of the challenging side of internalising it and being forgiven is that all of us are doing it. All of us are forgiving one another. We are forgiving engines. So that, what that means is that now we can walk into the hard parts of forgiveness because we're all doing it. And in the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander community, um, we don't use this word, but anthropologists looked at our kinship system and said, oh, you mob practice reciprocity. And we just went, yes. <laughs> yes, we do. What's reciprocity again? <laughs> reciprocity is the advanced way of saying what goes around comes around. You give and you shall receive. You can put out into the world goodness and kindness and love and what will be returned to you is goodness, kindness and love. In our communities, we've got all kinds of complex kinship ways to say, you're supposed to do this right thing for this right person here. You're supposed to stay away from that person there. But we all know that we've got reciprocity happening. No one is left out. No one is forgotten because everyone's got someone looking after them. Reciprocity. You can um, bring that up at your lunch table after. Say, hey, how about that reciprocity? What? Yes, it is. We're all looking out for each other. And so what that means from a kinship term is that I'm forgiving you because I know that you're forgiving me. I'm loving you because I know you're loving me. 
because we're all in here. If we were not in here, I don't know how this works. But because we're one in Christ, the reciprocity can kick in. Our kinship system can kick in. I can know that you and I are bound in love together, in forgiveness together. What that creates is that creates the ability to face the challenges, personally, but also in a much broader sense. At Gateway, we talk about in the community, our nation, and the world. Now, we've got a 90-second video that is a video about how Reverend Graham Paulson talks about some of these big challenges that sit there for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and it sits in our nation, you know, community, nation, the world. It sits there in our nation as a challenge for us in forgiveness. And uh, we're just going to see that, watch that video now. This process of colonisation affected me in a, in, a, in a couple of ways, uh, in the sense that uh, my Aboriginal parents and grandparents were dispossessed and displaced. But on my grandfather's side, he was uh, brought out from Vanuatu, uh, picked up out of a fishing canoe and brought to Australia to cut cane and forced uh, into uh, labouring on a farm in Bundaberg in central North Queensland. The, the difficulty is this, is this that it's hard then to get a proper perspective on socialisation processes because what gets passed down is the, the enormous hurt and, and disorientation that comes from losing one's land, losing one's identity, losing one's goal and purpose in life. And this is passed down from my grandparents to my parents and from my parents to me. And so I've had to deal with this disquiet and, uh, and dysfunction that, that I couldn't explain. You can feel, even in that 90 seconds there, that there's a weight. There's a weight that sits in our nation, that sits in amongst our Australian people. Some people see a video like that and go, I didn't know about that. I never knew. How can this be part of our story as Australians? I didn't know that. So you mean to tell me that for... 60 years, the weight of that story was in our indigenous, only Indigenous pastor, ordained Baptist minister, carrying the weight of that story? How is it possible that they can forgive? It's here. This is the possibility. It's what you and I have because we are part of God's family the possibility that we can act in love, loving one another, caring for one another, bearing one another's burdens, the fact that we can forgive one another is possible. It's part of the deal. It means we're not Christian for nothing because we can live out the forgiveness as God had forgiven us. 
But it does require action. It requires that we do something about it. But the comforting side, as I said, is that we are all reaching out to one another, all equally capable of sharing that forgiveness for the stuff that we have done and the stuff that we have seen, the stuff that we didn't know. That love and forgiveness is in all of us. The third point and final point that I want to make is around the challenge for unity. So if we have internalised the truth and said, yes, this is for us, if we have acted on the truth of the forgiveness, if we have taken the challenge of that and the comfort of that, then the challenge for us is to live in unity. To be one. And as I said before, not same, same one, but all the difference of who we are, but to be one. To be able to say we serve God in this community. We serve God in this place. We serve God in a way that means those things that divide us don't hold us back. Society will draw lines for you and I. Society will say, don't trust them from that side of the creek. Society will say, you know, I know that um, coming up on the 10th of July on Wednesday night, society is going to say, you, know, you trust those people wearing those colours. Some of you here already know what I'm talking about. And you're like, mm, yeah. We don't talk about that at church. Because all of a sudden, it divides us. It's a little thing. We know it's a little thing. But it's kind of nice to feel like, oh, yeah, look at you. For those of you who don't know, I'm talking about state of origin. (laughs) State of origin. New South Wales played an amazing game. Didn't feel very nice. (laughs) So those of you who knew South Wales, good on you. Power to you. Good luck. (laughs) Queensland, come on, please. (laughs) So it's not just about that superficial divide. What the scripture reminds us is that you might be um, boss, executive, you might get into the airport lounges and then go through the extra special frosted, and those of you who travel, you know what I'm talking about, like you get into the lounge and your coffees are for free, wow, this is because I travel a lot, I get my coffee for free, yes. Doesn't matter whether you're an airport lounge person or not, executive or not. It doesn't matter if you are a student at that school, the really good school, or if you're a student at the other school, whatever that is. I don't want to start naming schools now because it might break us apart again. But we do that as a society, don't we? Oh, you go to that school. Oh, that's great. You must be a terrific citizen. Um, no, I'm blessed with money to be able to pay to be there. It doesn't mean that my brother and sister who's over here at this school, because it's right next to them, doesn't mean it's any less. Society puts us away from each other. Society will continue to drive us away from each other. Society will continue to tell you that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are not your people. And most definitely we get told, they're not my people. 
unless you grow up with parents who take seriously the act of forgiveness. And then they say, in the church, we can be together. In the church, we can be one. In the church, we can live this out. At the Gateway Baptist family, we can actually be, we a go, Indigenous community within the Gateway family. We can do that. And yes, some of us are New South Wales supporters, and yes, some of us are Queensland supporters. Yes, some of us live on that side of the creek and this side of the creek. Some of us go to private schools, some of us go to public schools, but we are part of this together. Lifestyle, jobs, no jobs, whether we have come through this church for the first time and thought, is everyone wearing basketball boots? Or whether you're here every week and you're like, okay, this is my home. We are all in this together because we are part of God's family. But to do that and be that side, the unity means, the comforting part of that is that we know that forgiveness is possible. We know that love binds us together. And we know that Christ calls us to live this truth out. Earworm. Everyone know you are my disciples. Doesn't matter what you're going to wear on Wednesday night. They will know that we are Christ's disciples when we love one another, when we bear one another's burdens, when we forgive one another, when we encourage one another. It is our one anotherness, if that's a real word. It is our ability to be in unity from all different sides. It is that which makes them know that we're not Christian for nothing. It's that which makes them know that we follow Christ because we love one another. We bear one another's burdens. We forgive one another. We encourage one another so that we may be truly one in Christ. The final video the final video of um, Reverend Paulson, <laughs> final video of my dad. It's a short little clip from Sharing Our Story videos, and um, Jesse will talk to you about that in a few moments. But this short video talks about the hope, the hope that drives people for 60 years in ministry, 50 years in ministry, that we will find one moment we, were, we are leaning, leaning into the possibility that when society says and when politics says we can't be together, in God we know we can be one. That's why NADOC Sunday is so important for you and I as Christians because we know this reality. We know that no matter what our cultural background or where we're from or whether we knew that history or not, in God we are one. And... Um, on this video, it talks about that. The Australian church needs to rediscover the, the prayer of John 17. When Jesus prayed for the church, the primary prayer point was that, they'd all, that they all may be one, even as we are one. Discovering what that oneness is, discovering how that oneness can be expressed is part of the task of today's uh, church in this country. Discovering what that might be like is the task of the church in this country. As the band come up, I'd like to 
invite you to think about that. Think about what that really means for you in your life. The task of the church is that we discover what that might be like. I know that as an Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander person, sometimes I, I go to places and I have to ask myself the question, are they being rude or racist? As a marginalised person, part of the smaller part of the population, I go to places and you know how you feel, how you walk when you're not sure? You know how you feel when you, how you walk around when you're not sure if that's the right way to go and you're always doing this and you're thinking like that and you're, oh, is it down here? Do I go over here? And you're thinking, somebody knows, but somebody's not telling me. As a marginalised person, you think and feel like that all the time. Imagine coming into a church where you don't have to feel like that. Imagine coming into a church where you feel like no one's judging me about the colour of my skin, about what they think the politics says about my people. I'm part of a church family where everyone to my left and right and in front of me, behind me, is forgiving me and I'm forgiving them. I'm part of a church community that says it doesn't matter what side of the creek or what colour you're going to wear on Wednesday night, you are part of our community together. Loved, forgiven, cared for and encouraged. At Gateway Baptist, we have a tremendous opportunity to shine God's light to the community around us. They will tell you it's not possible. They will tell you, don't trust. They will tell you that we can't be one. But for us to take this scripture seriously, for us to internalise this truth, for us to deal with the challenge and also embrace the comfort of it, means that absolutely we are one. We can do this together. We've got this together. We are one together. Amen. So I'd like for you to respond in a way that is one of the most unifying ways that we as Christians have to respond our togetherness. And that's at our shared table. Imagine your family table extended around the world and everyone sharing from that table. That's what the Lord's Supper does for us, is it means that we can be in this together partake together, symbolically, ceremonially together. At, at Weagol, we talk about how this is an ancient ceremony. It's ancient because Christians have been doing this for at least 2,000 years. But even when the disciples gathered in the upper room, Jesus was performing the ceremony that the Jewish people had had for thousands of years before that. And how in here, you and I today will be taking from these symbols of Christ's body and Christ's blood broken for us, that we may be one, one with each other and one with God. 
So in the moments before I invite you to come forward, I'd like you to think about that thing that you need to let go of. The thing that you need to release so that you can forgive as God has forgiven you. We all hold something. We all hold a part of us that makes it difficult for us to forgive. A resentment, a spitefulness, a jealousy, a part of our life that we don't want to let Christ redeem. I want to encourage you just to spend a few moments in prayer, a few moments reflecting on asking God, what is it that I need to give up in order for me to come to the table and to partake together in forgiveness as one? Just a few moments. God, we, we thank you for the promise in your word that you have called us to community, that you have called us to family, that you've called us to be one. Dear God, I pray that the, the prayers of our hearts, the forgiveness that we want to offer, the things that we want to confess to you to offer them up to say, Lord, please forgive me for that. Please help me to forgive others. Let me walk in that forgiveness. Dear Lord, I pray that you will take those prayers and hear those prayers and that you'll acknowledge in our hearts and you will guide us and lead us by your spirit that as we come to the table this morning, we are coming as those forgiven. Forgiven by each other, forgiven by you to be part of your community together. I pray in your name. I now invite you to come forward and uh, take the elements and take them um, in your own time. We take them as one. We hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We're a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.